Okay, hello everybody and welcome to the Wonderful Being podcast. I'm Catherine Barnes and I am here today with my new San Diego Fringe friend, Katie Turner, who is bringing her show Iris and the Axe to San Diego Fringe. And okay, I'm excited about this one for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's like a choose your own adventure kind of situation. Am I yep. correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. And then second of all, you've got this picture of yourself in this like amazing period costume and like right here, you're looking at a sucker for period costume. Okay. So tell us all about this show because we want to know. <laughs> well, besides being an excuse to wear a really cool period costume, um, actually this show came out of years of, of subconscious meandering thoughts. Um, it's a combination of my dissertation research and a novel I read five years ago and uh timing and opportunity so, Wait, okay, so back up the truck dissertation what's your dissertation in so i'm a big theater nerd i have two advanced degrees in theater history and performance and i'm using them to make theater now rather than uh, write about it uh, in a scholarly way so when i was doing my phd i wanted to do a phd on uh, feminist revisions of like female stereotypes. But as I started doing that research, it just kept me pushing, pushing me further and further back to like the 19th century where a lot of these tropes started and there wasn't a lot of um, scholarship on that. So I started diving into melodrama and I found this really cool sub, sub unit of women in melodramas who would be the agents of their own rescue rather than the hero, which is the common trope. So that's something I just was really fascinated by enough to write basically a book about it. Um, and so then also years ago, I read this novel called The Language of Flowers, which is a contemporary novel, but it talks about the Victorian language of flowers, which is a symbolic language where each flower has meaning. And at the time in Victorian era, they couldn't really express their emotions if you were a respectable woman or man. So they would create these bouquets to tell their object of desire, you know, what they thought about them. And I always thought there was something really theatrical about that, this uh, flowers that could have multiple meanings and could express emotion and be the agents of action between two people. Um, I thought about it over the years and nothing really ever came of it until finally I thought in 2019, I think, or 2020, um, I'd look and see if there was a contemporary book about it. And lo and behold, I find this beautiful book, Floriography by Jessica Rue on Amazon in which she has her own illustrations and research of these different flowers and what they mean. Um, and then I thought to myself, okay, it must be time. It must be time to figure something out about this. I started thinking about it. I went to this Victorian village that's in San Diego. If you haven't seen it, you should go there. It's in Old Town. Really? Uh, it's called Heritage Park, the Victorian village. They've like moved a bunch of Victorian homes there. It's walking around there. And then suddenly it struck me that there should be a choose your own adventure play loosely based on the Bluebeard story, which is another Gothic melodrama from way back um, in early American theater history. And that we would use the Victorian uh, language of flowers, how you would make your choices, but it would also be integrated into the plot of the story. And it just went, went from there. Oh my so gosh. Sorry, but <laughs> wow. Okay. So a couple of things. So first of all, like the floriography thing is really interesting to me because weirdly I just read, it was like a young adult novel and it was called this time will be different. And it was mm -hmm. all about a Japanese American family that had dealt with all the internment and all that stuff. And right. they were a family of florists. And so oh. throughout the whole book, 
there was this thing you were talking about where the flowers have different meanings. Mm -hmm. So, and, and that was really fascinating to me because I mean, I think I knew that, but like, I didn't really know that. And she had this whole um, index in the back that explained the different flowers and their meaning, kind of like that book you just showed us. Mm -hmm. So how are you incorporating that with the choose your own adventure? Well, um, there's a mystery at the heart of the play that the character is trying, main character Iris is trying to figure out. And she finds clues left by someone mysterious um, that, and this flower dictionary uses it to try to figure out what's going on. Then whenever there's a choice that you have to make about what Iris does next in the story, you get two flower options and their symbolism. So you might need to make a choice. You might need to make a choice. Sadie wants to be part of this conversation um, about between bravery or caution or silence or, um, you know, confidence, something like that. So you have to decide as Iris, what do you think is the best choice based on the information that you have? And that's where I, as the narrator character who introduces the story and the premise and then negotiates these choice points, I take the poll of the will of the audience. Sometimes I allow there to be a wild card to overturn the decision. Um, and then we see what happens based on the will of the majority. There are four possible endings. Only one of them ends well. So you have to challenge yourself to find the quote happy ending. Although in a Gothic melodrama, it's always tinged with a little bit of sadness too. Um, for those who are interested in, in exploring the possibilities that we don't get to in the one hour time limit that we have, because it's not possible to really go back and try again in this short, shortened version, uh, we will be able, giving you the opportunity to buy access to the online version of it for just a few dollars. So that's oh my continuing your adventure after the show. No, that's brilliant. That's really a good way for the people who are curious. Cause you, I mean, I'm going to be one of those people like what else could have happened? Exactly. Like, totally yeah. A smart option to give them. <laughs> and people tend to be conservative. So they generally pick the path that leads to kind of, you know, what I, I assume to be the predictable path. I won't say too much more, but there are some really cool alternatives that not all, many of our audiences have actually seen. So you've performed this before. We did. We did premiere this uh, in October 2021 in San Diego. Well, technically online, so it was omnipresent. Um, it was supposed to have an online version that you could do synchronously uh, with us, but then also we were supposed to do um, what we're doing now, where have it live in person. But then COVID was so bad in San Diego in that time frame around September, I decided to just do it fully online. So really excited. We did have one in-person show at San Diego State University where I teach theater um, and we got to have a little performance of it out in the courtyard, which is what we're looking at now. Well, we, no, I don't have this massive screen which they provided us, which is so cool. <laughs> but my screen goes about to my head height probably in this photo. Um, but this gives you a sense of what the feeling of our piece is. Um, but yeah, we're really excited to bring it back. We had to shorten it by a good 30 minutes, um, which turned out to be all for the best because it's not a novel, it is a play. And now I see the difference. As the writer of this show, um, we decided to do it, or I decided to do it as if you were reading a choose your own adventure story. So it has a lot of narration in it. You get the thoughts and feelings of the characters, but I had to really slice and slash a lot of that out, but it's great. You don't, you don't miss anything. It's actually a better piece now for it, I think. That's awesome. And so are you yourself portraying Iris or are you the narrator who's telling the story of Iris? 
All right, so Iris is played by Marissa Taylor Scott, uh, who's a very talented San Diego-based actress. I just played the narrator character. Um, and Turnkey Theater started in 2020 as a fully online company basing mostly in audio based work because we didn't oh. have space or much money or the ability to gather together. So this play is our first time really reaching out in person. And then we continued though our roots with the majority of our piece being a full cast recording um, of the play accompanied by fully animated video, all hand-drawn drawings by our illustrator KD. Um, who's a recent graduate of SDSU. Most of our collaborators are current or recent graduating students of the program there. So a little bit of a bridge into the professional world as part of our mission. Um, but yeah, we have a full cast of really talented actors. Um, some you may know from local theater productions, if you're a San Diego audience, Kayvon Mozenzade plays Charles Cypress. Um, Jamie Boyd is our second main character, Ivy, and Carla Banu de Jesus plays Mrs. Stenson, um, which is actually a really fun development because in my, you know, Anglo-centric imagination, when I first wrote this play, all of my characters were white. And then I was thinking about casting and I was thinking about who would I would do a really good job with Mrs. Stenson. And then I landed on Carla, who's African-American. I worked with her many times before. And I thought I'd love for her to voice this character, but I decided to, it would be more appropriate to work with her to reimagine her as an African-American character. And so that was really cool. Nothing, uh, uh, we, she came up with this excellent backstory and we developed the character in a little bit of a different direction. It was really, that was a really cool part of just developing the piece. We do everything um, collaboratively in turnkey theater. So even if there's a primary author, we're almost always bringing in other artists to help develop the narrative. So there've been a lot of other productions that Turnkey Theater has produced, it sounds like. Yeah, we're up to um, four now, all original oh, wow. pieces. Um, the first was called Homecoming and Meditation on the Natural World, and it's about 35 minutes. Um, and it's a piece that's meant to reconnect you to the environment that is our our literal home of uh, the natural world to the character of Mother Earth. Um, she introduces you to four other fairy characters that represent the different elements. And each fairy character takes you to through a little ritual of connection with that element that goes with a box of items that you receive in the mail that you set up ahead of time. And that you go through this very relaxing, breathing oriented ritual of connection with earth, air, fire, water. It's very rejuvenating and relaxing. Um, and was designed to help those of us who are stuck in our homes in the summer of 2020 to reconnect um, with the external environment. Wow, I love it. So this is, okay, it's not just multimedia, the things that you guys <laughs> are doing, it's like multi-sensory. We try to, yeah, we really try to make sure, to make everything that we do interactive in some way, um, immersive if we can, although that's been hard. Uh, we've been doing it mainly through our sonic environment. Our sound designer, Andrew Gutierrez, is just, a veritable magician when it comes to creating the sonic environment, which I hope you'll get a sense of with Iris. Um, and um, we try to focus on stories that haven't necessarily been told before, even if they're based on um, uh, something, you know, in our past. Like in the future, we're hoping to do a little fundraiser where we, re we in Victorian costume, uh, read um, see it, or, uh, Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> Um, as like a legacy or an homage to one an early experimental storyteller. Um, 
But yeah, we're trying to do things that engage you, the audience, that make it so that you're part of the story, either like with Iris making decisions that literally affect the outcome or interacting as part of the story through activities or, um, you know, our, we just did a stage reading of our next play, which we'll do a full version of hopefully next year by KD, the illustrator for our current show, called The Morning Buzz. It takes place in a coffee shop and the audience sits in the cafe and uses a listening device to overhear a conversation between five old friends that are in town for a high school reunion. Um, and so you have this action happening in and around you. You're not necessarily impacting the action in that one, but you are like at the, you know, in this almost guerrilla theater style environment where you don't know what's going to happen and <laughs> who's really you don't even know for a while who the actors are because it just suddenly begins and you start hearing them through your headset oh my gosh wow okay so that leads me back to a question about iris and the axe which is when the audience is gonna vote on which flower they want to choose which adventure they're going to choose how do they do that um well it's basically just a show of hands. Okay. Um, we might have um, like two different colored synthetic flowers that you can raise one for the other one for the other. It's just a matter if I get my act together and get that stuff ready <laughs> for the show. Um, then you can, but you have, you know, there's a little bit of time. You can talk to your neighbor. You can decide what your best choice is. Most people go on gut instinct, I've noticed, uh, mm. which is the best way to do it, in my opinion. Um, and then, and then we just see what happens either you will have chosen wisely or you will have not, <laughs> not chosen wisely. are which venue is this show happening in this is happening actually in the lawn um outside at the center at the at el centro cultural de la raza so it, um it's also called world beat center for those who are locals you might be wondering what is that it's the world beat center um i think this is the only outdoor show that we have in the festival it's like, the, I think that isn't the World Beat Center kind of next door to the Centro? Oh yeah, I'm so village? sorry. You're right. I was confusing the two. <laughs> That's okay. They're they're close. It totally makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah, sorry. I was looking at a map earlier yesterday and the World Beat Center was on it and El Centro was not. I'm like, wait, are they the same? Uh, but yeah, so we're on the lawn outside and that's why we're doing our shows all at 9 p.m. because it needs to be dark for the best experience. Oh my gosh. Um, Audiences are encouraged to bring a blanket and or a chair of your own, so we won't be providing seating. So if you want to be comfortable, make sure that you get, you know, your most relaxed experience. Um, it's also going to be a little bit cold because we're looking at a gray May right now, which is wonderful for us in terms of heat during the day. But so bring a bring a jacket, snuggly blanket, a partner to keep you warm. Outstanding. Okay. I love it. And I especially love this because, you know, um, in, in past years, there have been more venues than just the two that we have this year. And so this is a show that's really like literally outside of the box of, you know, what everyone else is doing. So this is really cool. Um, one other question that I had, and I think you mentioned you might have some, some video that you can show us. Mm -hmm. Is this where you've got actors who are voicing like animated characters who are on the screen and then there's a narrator. Am I understanding correctly how this all works? Yeah, so um, the most of the narration is also recorded. Um, my original intention was to perform the narration live just to add, you know, live interest and possibility, make a little more theatrical, but it was just too difficult to get the timing right with the recording and the soundscape. So maybe in the future, if we're lucky enough to tour this, it'll, the, it'll internalize and be rehearsed enough to be able to um, get that challenge under our belts. But for right now, mostly it's mostly pre-recorded. 
Um, the illustrations are in the style of Victorian puppet theater, paper puppet theater. So it's kind of like okay. paper dolls uh, moving in and out. And our video designer, Adam Peroka, who's an MFA graduate of the design program at SDSU, has done a really good job using the assets that we have to create motion and interest um, and to create this beautiful visual analog to our textual story. So uh, I do like that it's, it is akin to um, a novel that is also a film, that is also a play, that is also choose your own adventure. So a little bit of everything going on. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll say. And I love that this is like a collaborative San Diego State University project. Like, I think that's really cool. And I think it's really great that you're bringing it to Fringe. Thank you. I mean, we're so excited to be here. The, our school has so much talent that it's just really a pleasure and an honor to be able to draw from folks that are ready to do something more outside the university. So it's been a blessing to me. Yeah. This is our first fringe ever. So we'll see how it goes. Oh, it's gonna go. It's gonna go. <laughs> but let's see that video. I'm I'm anxious. Okay, great. So this is the first main scene of the play that you'll see after the introduction, um, which the narrator would have told you what's going on, how to do things. So this is our first main scene. It's about three, mm, three minutes, three and a half minutes long, and just a little sneak peek of the style and the, and the exposition. All right, here we go. And let me share the sound and optimize. If you're thinking about buying solar panels, don't. The U.S. government will literally buy them for you. If you. Oh, YouTube. And this is the wrong video. Okay. My apologies. I had it all queued up and everything was great. Oh, that's cool. All right. Here we go. For real. <laughs> You are riding in a carriage, half dozing, with your head resting against the black upholstery. You have been traveling for three days. Your green dress, although new and in good repair, is dusty, and you would give anything to take a bath and wash your long black hair. You feel a hand on your knee and open your eyes to see Charles there, your husband of less than a month. Iris. We are nearly there. You look eagerly out the window to see your new home, but all you can see are trees, thick stands of tall sequoias. The carriage turns onto the drive, and then you see it. An imposing and vast Victorian mansion, the most striking shade of blue you have ever seen. A slate blue, like ocean depths turned to stone. It is a thunderhead of a house not the fanciful, painted lady of your imagination. What do you think, Iris? Will it do? There is something earnest in his face, almost bashful. You feel your uncertainty melt away as you remind yourself of your good fortune in finding this man. Yes, darling, this will do very well. The carriage enters the gates and starts up the long drive to the house. You look out the carriage window and see several uniformed people standing in a neat line outside the entrance to the vast house. Who are they? These are my... our staff. The overly dignified looking man is Crenshaw, our butler. Standing next to him is Mrs. Hawkins, the housekeeper, Mrs. Stenson, our cook, James, our footman, and Ivy, your maid. My... 
made? <laughs> yes, darling, of course. Ivy will help you dress, keep your chambers tidy, and generally see to your needs. Well, at least I shall have someone else to talk to. The carriage comes to a stop. James promptly opens the door and bows in greeting to Charles. Welcome home, sir. Thank you, James. Charles leads you to where Crenshaw stands. Crenshaw, I present to you my wife, Mrs. Iris Jane Cypress. Welcome, madam. And here we have Mrs. Hawkins. Very pleased to meet you, madam. And here is Mrs. Stenson, our fine cook. I trust all is prepared for our special dinner tonight. Yes, sir. I look forward to discussing the menus with you, Mrs. Stenson. Madam, she mutters, still looking anywhere but at your face. Finally, you approach James and Ivy. I'll have James bring your things to your room, madam, and a bath drawn if you like. Oh, yes, that would be heaven. Thank you, Ivy. The introductions concluded. Charles leads you into your new home. You feel dwarfed by the house, but straighten your spine and hold your head high as you climb the steps toward the imposing front door. So you gotta come see the show to see what else, what happens next, but that's our um, introductory sequence, sets the scene and just enough time. gives us a little sense of what to expect. I love it. And I love that her dress. Okay. Can I ask you like a historical fashion dorky question? So her, I hope, dress, I know is, it. her dress is green. Was that on purpose? It was more to kind of tie into the floral uh, theme that's coming up. Okay. There was I no love symbolism it. specifically. I, I, I like that because in Victorian times, there was this like one particular green shade that was very popular and it was made with arsenic or something yes. like that. So I wondered, I was like, mm, is she like implies there's something? I don't know. Anyway. No, no, that's funny. I, um, I knew about that, but never really thought about that. Um, yeah, no, she doesn't die by arsenic. There's many other dangers though. There's, <laughs> as with any Gothic melodrama, the house itself can be menacing. There's supernatural things that are possible, magic, sorcery, um, menace, all kinds of things, all kinds of delicious things, which is one reason why we premiered it in October. Oh yeah. No, this is definitely an October show, but you know, I love that it's happening outdoors. I love that it's multimedia and experiential. I mean, like this is fringe, like this is what fringe is. So um, I am so excited about this show. Where can people find you online if they want to be following Turnkey or following you and what you're up to? Yeah, so you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at turnkey.theater, T-H-E-A-T-R-E like all the cool kids spell it, or uh, turnkeytheater.com to join our newsletter. You can also find us on YouTube, so please find us, subscribe. You can see trailers for our other events and the past interviews and this interview eventually as well. And for anyone who's interested, we we are going to be selling a limited number of copies of this book um, at the show, and we do have permission from the author to do so and to use the segments of her book that appear in the play, just for anyone who's wondering about that. Awesome. I love it. You guys are totally legit. Um, I, will, I will make sure that all those links that you just said are down in the comments for people to find. And I'm looking forward to your show. I, I wish you much success at San Diego Fringe. Thank you so much, Catherine. I'm looking Thanks. forward to see yours too. Bye. Bye.
Oh wait, you have to stop the recording.